Welcome to the Daily Boogie. to another episode of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Pleasure to be with you as always. What a day. Absolutely fantastic day. Uh, plenty of stuff going on. The biggest story though, I mean, we've got we've got journalists being killed in embassies. Apparently the world is on the brink of collapse. Climate change reports. But the biggest story today is <laughs> the, the, the genetic makeup of a senator from Massachusetts. That's right. Uh, Elizabeth Warren today released released the all important the all the the thing that everybody's been waiting for the DNA test to see how much Cherokee was in the young lady. But look, this is a this is a sticky conversation, I think, for a lot of people. Understandably, racial divisions have arguably never been wider. There's a lot of tension in the air when it comes to this topic, so. I think we should treat it with a little bit of respect. Alright, so the story that kicked all of this off today was put out by BuzzFeed News. Elizabeth Warren took a genetic test and says the results prove she has Native American ancestry. Reading from the article, of course, you can check out the articles in the show notes. If you want to support the show, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast player or head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Thanks for listening. Quoting from the article, Senator Elizabeth Warren released the results of a genetic test Monday saying that they prove she has Native American ancestry. In a video posted on Twitter, and we will get to the good senator's Twitter feed very shortly, the Massachusetts Democrat and her family talked about how their family history and Warren's mother's heritage, she grew up in Oklahoma and was said to be part of, uh, to be part Native American. Carlos Bustamante, a professor of genetics at Stanford University, reviewed the results of Warren's test and concluded that she, quote, absolutely has Native American ancestor in her pedigree. In the senator's genome, we find five segments of Native American ancestry with very high confidence where we believe the error rate is less than one in a thousand, Bustamante said. Now, what's interesting about that, the error rate being less than one in a thousand, we later discovered that <laughs> the amount of alleged Native American ancestry in Elizabeth Warren's genetic makeup itself was less than one in a thousand. <laughs> uh, I believe it was one of 1,024. She's one 1,024th American Indian. So, you know. Uh, it's not like half, it's not like a quarter, it's not like a sixteenth, it's not like a thirty-two, and on and on it goes. I put out a tweet earlier today. Um, apparently, the Democrats now believe that in order to successfully culturally appropriate the identity of a native, a Native American, 
you need only successfully argue that you can uh, fulfill one genetic marker of a thousand. And in other news, you have a one in 36 chance of becoming a contestant on The Price is Right. And that com- that comes directly from the guy who reads out the names on the show, The Price is Right. That's not like a made-up boogie fact. That's, <laughs> that's a fact. So initially, uh, the Boston Globe, I think, printed the article and said it was one one part 500, one, one, one 500th and something. A few hours later, they actually had to put out a correction because that was wrong. <laughs> Quote, because of a reporting error, a story in the May 1st Metro section and the accompanying headline incorrectly described the 1894 document that was purported to list Elizabeth Warren's great-great-great-grandmother as Cherokee. <laughs> the document alluded to in a family newsletter found by the New England Historic Genealogical Society was an application for a marriage license, not the license itself. Neither the Society nor the Globe has seen the primary document whose existence has not been proven. If if you thought that uh, trying to find details about a former president's birth certificate was <laughs> was about as sordid and scandalous as it was going to get in regards to this kind of historical documentation debunking societies. Wait until you're trying to find a marriage certificate for your great, great, great grandmother. <laughs> Look, of course, um, Elizabeth Warren has made it very clear over a long period of time she's often spoke about this Native American heritage. There was an interview that she did a few years ago in which she said her parents were victims of racism because of their Native American heritage. And, you know, and here we are. Here we are, you know, not that long later, and it turns out that a great-great-great-grandmother might, not, not conclusively, might have Native American heritage. It also turns out at, at one part in a thousand Native American, she actually has less less this this story is so ridiculous. She actually has less Native American in her than the average American. She is more white than the average American of European descent. Americans with mostly European heritage have more Native American in their system than Elizabeth Warren does. <laughs> and you know, this all started because Donald Trump uh, referred to her as Pocahontas because, he, again, like there's this myth out there that this is, oh, this is all just a, an attack. It's an all an attack from Donald Trump. Well, he wouldn't refer to her as Pocahontas in a mocking way if she wasn't making a big deal out of this so-called Native American heritage. And we've seen it, haven't we, time and time and time and time again. It's the people on the left, the Democrats, will just put out claims, put out claims, put out claims, and as soon as they get the slightest bit of pushback on it, they're the victim. Oh, you can't say that. That's a racist attack. How dare you? You hate all Native Americans. You hate all women. <laughs> and on it goes. That's been their tactic for too long. And, of course, you know, up until a couple of years ago, the conservatives knew that this was the tactic and so they tried their best to avoid it and they ran scared 
and they never address, you know, they never went after people head on. But now they do. I wonder, since we are, we are in a time when identity politics has never been so challenged as it is today, I, I just wonder if this was the best thing for Elizabeth Warren to do. I mean, think about it. Now Democrats are literally arguing, literally presenting to American Indians that they consider uh, to, to be able to sport the Native American identity, you need only be one part out of 1,000. One one-thousandth Native American is now enough for the Democrats to claim ownership of that identity class, thanks to Elizabeth Warren. I mean, how many Native Americans are going to be down with that? How many of them are going to agree with that? And just consider for a moment, like, the absurdity of it all. In Portland, Oregon, you can have a taco van shut down because it's being run by someone who isn't Mexican. That's cultural appropriation. You can't sell tacos. You don't have the right identity class. The same people that would picket somebody for selling food that comes from another part of the world, accusing them of being racists, are now applauding and championing somebody who claims to be of a particular ethnic background to the tune of one part out of 1,000, one one-hundredth Native American. That's good enough. But if you live in Mexico for 10 years and you learn how to make authentic Mexican tacos, you move back to the States, you open up a little taco van so you can make, you know, a few bucks on the side, you're, you're the enemy of the people. You know, sometimes it's worth going back over these things just to see how mad people have become. Well, what do the Native Americans think about all this? Glad you asked. Uh, the Cherokee Nation put out a response to Senator Warren's DNA test. Quote, a DNA test is useless to determine tribal citizenship. <laughs> Current DNA tests do not even distinguish whether a person's ancestors were indigenous to North or South America. Cherokee Nation Secretary of State Chuck Hoskin Jr. said, quote, Sovereign tribal nations set their own legal requirements for citizenship, and while DNA tests can be used to determine lineage, such as paternity to an individual, it is not evidence for tribal affiliation. Using a DNA test to lay claim to any connection to the Cherokee Nation or any tribal nation, even vaguely, is inappropriate and wrong. It makes a mockery out of DNA tests and its legitimate uses while also dishonouring legitimate tribal governments and their citizens, whose citizens are well documented and whose heritage is proven. Senator Warren is undermining tribal interests with her continued claims of tribal heritage. Right? <laughs> Amazingly, that didn't stop, Liz. That didn't stop, Elizabeth. Just a side note, I wonder now if the Antifa chapter of uh, the Massachusetts chapter of Antifa are now going to adjust their generic chant, you know, hey, hey, ho, ho, I hear they have been working on, hey, ya, hey, ya, ho, ho, Kavanaugh has got to go. I think it's got a good ring to it. Just for Liz, just for Elizabeth Warren. Now, see, what, what, what do you think... <laughs> again, it's mad. 
how many people at this point would have thought, okay, releasing this information is probably a bad idea because it doesn't necessarily bolster your claims, Ms. Warren. Being one one-thousandth Native American less than the average European American. <laughs> but, of course, you know, you can, as the great Vox Day has said on many occasions, SJWs always double down. Elizabeth Warren put this this tweet out earlier today. By the way, real Donald Trump, remember saying on the seventh of the fifth that you'd give a million dollars to charity to a charity of my choice if my DNA showed Native American ancestry. <laughs> <laughs> She's pushing it out into the news. She wants it news. She wants more people talking about it. You know, I, I again, I, I have to bring it back to the identity politics thing, and I, I, I think there is a trend now in Western societies to push back and reject the concept, the edicts of identity politics. And I mean, if if claiming to be of a particular ethnic group, when the best you can do is a maybe. Being one part one one thousandth of that particular ethnic group. I mean, we've all we've already seen Rachel Dolzeal claiming to be pretending to be a black person. She remember she said, "I'm transracial," and that wasn't received very well. We already know that this isn't being received very well by the the people of the Cherokee tribe. There, was, someone uh, put out on Twitter earlier today. Uh, Elizabeth Warren contributed to a Native American cookbook and she put Cherokee next to her name, Elizabeth Warren, Cherokee. (laughs) I think this is probably the dumbest possible way that she could have addressed this. I think she would have been better off just letting it go. But she she can't help it. She, She needs it to be in the news. And with the way that average people are beginning to push back against the whole notion of identity politics by, by claiming to, by clinging to such a flimsy claim of being part of a particular ethnic group and then handing out the so-called evidence and the so-called evidence actually shows that you are less part of this particular ethnic group than just about everybody else in the country and still pushing forward with it. I, th- I think it's insane. Elizabeth Warren has been very busy on Twitter today and it's all been bashing Donald Trump because apparently, you know, like, (laughs) again, I made that short video not that long ago about people who adhere to PC culture, how, how phony it is when they try to apply the attack game and the insult game. And she's here calling him a tax cheat and he's a son of a bitch and he's this and he's that. But Elizabeth, you constantly say how, it's wrong to attack people and you need to be tolerant and bring people together and don't be divisive. So it's like loading up the rhetorical shotgun and turning it around and putting it in your own mouth. It doesn't work. You're being a traitor to your own cause. What co- I don't even know what cause that is anymore. <laughs> Who are you, Elizabeth Warren? But she put this out on Twitter. I never expected my family's story to be used as a racist political joke. She's one one thousandth Native American Indian. 
claiming to be the victim of racism. Do you believe it? I, I can't believe it. Openly. I, my family is a victim of racist attacks because I am one one-thousandth of American Indian. It's incredible. She goes on to say, but I won't take any fight lying down. A couple of hours before that, uh, they put out this little pluff, uh, fluff piece video speaking with various family members. Let's play a little bit of it. See what you think. Check it out. He said she's Native American. And I said, Pocahontas. It's Pocahontas, I apologize to you. I apologize. To you, I apologize. To the, to the fake Pocahontas, I won't apologize. He's talking about stuff he doesn't have any idea about. It's offensive to me, not just as Betsy's cousin, but as a Native American. <laughs> they feel like an attack on me and my mom, but mostly on my grandmother. And my mama's not around so, to defend so he, herself. Showing pictures of grandma, she's not around to defend herself. These horrible attacks on my family, on my grandmother. What planet are these people on? And I mean, it's clearly gotten to her. See, this is the other thing. Uh, people like Elizabeth Warren and the Dem. I can't believe that Democrats are out there on Twitter today doubling down on this, saying, "Yeah, this proves it." I'm like, do you really want? Do you really want this to be the hill that you die on? Do you is is this the fight? Is this what you want it to be? <laughs> you want it to be? I don't think they're capable of seeing two, three steps ahead. Think, think of all of the Native Americans that Elizabeth Warren insulted today by getting up on her high horse, pardon the pun, you know, facing off against the evil Donald Trump, slapping down that DNA test on the desk. Here you go. Here's my proof. And it proves that she's possibly the whitest woman in America. It's incredible. It's insane. <laughs> Donald Trump, to his credit, he came out today and said, what, you know, she, so a reporter asked, are you going to pay the million dollars? And he said, no, I'm not going to pay. He said, she should pay. She should pay for, she should pay for what she's done. She should apologize to America. <laughs> apologize to America. <laughs> Because I think the the poorly thought out strategy here was, okay, what we'll do is we'll do the DNA test, we'll get the uh, the charity out there, and then Donald Trump, he, because he he's bullish and he doesn't like to give in, he doesn't like to hand over wins, so he won't agree to pay. They possibly knew how ridiculous the claim was. I mean, how could they not? I don't think anybody in Elizabeth Warren's office sincerely thought that they were going to convince people with one one thousandth Native American heritage. That that was never going to happen. That wasn't going to be the case, and I think they knew it. But by putting out the request for payment to the particular charity, then they can say that Donald Trump is reneging on his bet. He doesn't pay his bets, and he doesn't pay his taxes either. And, they, and there you go. There's your narrative. And then it spins off, and you're away and running. 
I think that's what they plan to do. I'm not sure it's going to work out that way. I think she's just invited, a, you know, a whole nother can of whoop-ass on herself in the run-up to the elections. She's likely offended a large section of the Native American community, which she hasn't yet offended. Remember, they already weren't uh, pleased with her. They weren't happy with her to begin with. So she's probably got them offside. It doesn't get much better from here for Elizabeth Warren. My mother was born in eastern Oklahoma. It had been Indian territory until just a few years earlier when it had become a state. <laughs> my daddy always said he fell head over heels in love with my mother. <laughs> if she wasn't concerned, this is the other thing. Elizabeth Warren's Twitter feed is filled with comments like, I don't care what Donald Trump thinks. I don't take this lying down. I fight back. Well, if you weren't concerned, you wouldn't have got your PR team to put this little family memoir video together. That's a lie. People who aren't concerned with what other people say don't address what other people say. They just carry on about their day. They go on about their business. If somebody told me to get a genetic test to prove who I am, I'd tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> why didn't Why didn't Elizabeth Warren? You know, arguably that she knew how flimsy her claim was to begin with. She knows that it's been a big part of her career talking about this Native American heritage to the point of even submitting recipes to bloody cookbooks getting on TV shows and talking about how her parents were the targets of racist abuse because of their native American. They were chased out. They were chased out of their home. Remember? So it's like, Oh, we've got to get in front of this. And so, and so you go to a, go and get your DNA checked, get a little prick on your finger, give them some blood or whatever you do. Comes back one, one thousandth native America. Yes, we've got him now. Put that out to print. Send that to BuzzFeed. That'll that'll show him. <laughs> Absolutely incredible stuff. And yet people are out there saying, "Oh, she she won the narrative war today." She hasn't she hasn't won a thing. This is this is an embarrassment to Elizabeth Warren. This is an embarrassment to the Democrat Party. And if you look at her Twitter feed after that, every single post, every single post is all about Donald Trump. Everyone. Attack Trump, attack Trump, attack Trump, attack Trump. He's a scammer. He pretends to be a populist. He brags about being a successful businessman, but he's only good at going bust. Where are his tax returns? He's a cowardly elitist. Well, Liz, he is president, though. At least he is president. So, <laughs> of your stock, I'm not sure anybody can say the same. And thanks to your efforts to try and get some kind of narrative win today, not only have you finally cleaved off the remaining support that you get from the Native American community, but you've also proven just how flimsy and pathetic and sad your politics and your story is. And now it's out there for everyone to see. So thank you for that, Elizabeth Warren. Just one more thing before we go. Uh, Washington Post article today, 
how the ultra, how a right wing terrorist anticipated the ultra nationalist wave, the ultra nationalists, <laughs> because when nationalist isn't good enough, when hard right nationalist isn't good enough, when extreme far right nationalism isn't good enough, well, you go the ultra nationalist. The terrorist, quote, the terrorist is expressionless as uh, expressionless as he arrives at a camp full of trusting and cheerful teenagers. Dressed as a police officer and bearing an arsenal of firearms, he proceeds to slaughter dozens. Some victims, cowering in fear, are tricked by his instructions and get executed lying face down. Others get shot in the back as they flee for safety. The terrorist himself meekly surrenders to the security forces who eventually corner him, receiving the clemency he refused to give others. The terrorist in question is Anders Bering Breivik, who carried out the bloodiest massacre in modern Norwegian history on July 22nd, 2011. 2011. Seven years ago. Breivik detonated a car bomb in a government complex in Oslo and then proceeded to the island of Utøya, where members of the youth wing of Norway's centre-left Labour Party had gathered for a retreat. His rampage led to 77 deaths. So why is this in the paper today? Well, is anybody does anybody believe in coincidences anymore when it comes to the corporate media? If you do, you shouldn't. If you still believe that there are coincidences in the releasing of stories at certain times, that I, I don't know what to tell I can't help you. The Massacre is a subject of a film by acclaimed British director Paul Greengrass that was released last week. 22 July offers an unflinching account of the attacks and that, and then delves into what followed, a court case that tested Norway's legal system and its pace, uh, patients as an unrepentant, hate-filled murderer was allowed to take the stand and revel in his crimes. Allowed to take the stand. Now, obviously, no one's glorifying the actions of Anders Breivik here. Not at all. But this story is about the links that are made the inferences that are made. And as a friend of the show, Tom Chatelet might suggest, the association memes that go along with it. Now, what's been happening in the news lately? What's been rolling around in the news? Remember, we're no longer allowed to use the term mob when we discuss people wearing balaclavas, attacking people in the street, chasing chasing politicians out of restaurants, screaming, shouting, wailing, destruction of property trying to claw their way into the Supreme Court like an animal, you're not allowed to refer to these people as a mobs, as a mob anymore, according to the corporate media. So obviously the story of left-wing political violence is out there. Now, whilst the corporate media is trying to suppress that story and minimise it and misdirect it and say, no, it's not a mob, it's just peaceful protests, you know, the usual stuff, then you have, to, you have to come back the other way. You have to do the pincer move. And you need to, once again, associate, you have to make it that the right are the ones that are being violent. It's the right who are the dangerous, violent extremists. Not us. Not here on the left. No, no, no. No, it's, it's the people on the right you've got to be worried about. Back to the article. Listen to this. But seven years later, Breivik no longer seems so isolated. Across Scandinavia, Europe, and even the United States, far-right anti-immigrant politics are ascendant. It's the far—it's the ultra-nationalists, ladies and gentlemen. 
Speaking to today's worldview, Greengrass said Breivik's, quote, intellectual worldview has migrated closer to the political centre. So now if you're in the centre, you are a far-right extremist. You, If you are... If you're closer to the centre than you are the far right, you are now being branded with the same kind of ideological predeterminations that a literal mass murderer in Norway is awarded. Let that settle in your brain. Again, the Washington Post. Quote, we can test the extent we should be disturbed by the extent to which you can see Breivik's manifesto come into the mainstream. Greengrass said in an interview last week while visiting Washington with President Trump and others railing against, quote, globalists, immigrants and liberals, the suggestion is that we should be very disturbed indeed. Yes. President Trump, people who talk about globalism not being a sufficient or ideal political norm for Western society, people who raise concerns about the rate of immigration, mass immigration, or or just people who disagree with liberals. You're now basically the same as someone who would shoot and murder 77 people in cold blood, according to the Washington Post. Worse than that, the ideas of somebody who did shoot and murder 77 people in cold blood seven years ago in Norway, according to the Washington Post, those ideas, those questions that you have about globalism, immigration, and even just disagreements with liberals, that's now mainstream. The mainstream are just like murderers, ladies and gentlemen, according to the Washington Post. Do you see the inference being made here, the implication, the association? It's, it's not particularly subtle. Greengrass has made a veritable canon of films that dwell on political violence and terrorism. He's a pro. From Irish sectarianism to Somali piracy, he links 22nd July to his 2006 movie United 93, which recounts the events aboard a passenger jet seized by Al-Qaeda hijackers on 9-11. Passengers fought back against the terrorists who had taken over the plane, which ultimately crashed in a wooded clearing in Pennsylvania. Both the Islamist militants and Breivik were engaged in, quote, a revolt against globalisation, said Greengrass. While Breivik hardly represents all far-right populists, thank, thank you for that concession, Mr Greengrass, the filmmaker argued there is a segment of the movement that is, quote, starting to use language and espouse beliefs that are no longer compatible with democratic norms. We decide what dem uh, democratic norms are now. If you're against globalism, if you have issues with the modern-day liberals and their representation in politics, if you have questions over the rate of mass immigration, well, you know, you, you, you're just clinging to some far-right ideas that no longer have place in a democratic society, comrade. We will decide what opinions are, you know, what, we'll decide what opinions are best befitting that of a civil society. And if we brand you as being no different, say, than from a mass murderer or Al-Qaeda, because you've got these crazy, far-out, fringe, radical ideas that 
globalization may have left some people behind or wasn't all it's cracked up to be, or that maybe mass immigration isn't a particularly ideal situation for the West right here, right now. Well, then, you know, you, you need to understand where you stand, so to speak. Quote, at an event marking the film's release in Washington, Greengrass spoke, uh, spoke alongside a number of former government officials and experts in right-wing radicalization. They argued the film ought to make the Trump administration's move to stroke ultra-nationalist politics in America, <laughs> as well as cut funding from federal programs aimed at tackling far-right domestic terrorism, all the more alarming. He's cutting funding from programs aimed at tackling far-right domestic terrorism. Well, this proves that he's in the Breivik mould to me. He argues against globalisation in an economic sense. Well, he's basically a mass murderer. No different demand as Breivik. The population of America and other Western countries in the majority, are against mass immigration, unchecked, unmonitored mass immigration. And he merely echoes those sentiments in an election campaign and gets elected. Well, this proves, first of all, this proves that all of you are basically extreme ultra-nationalist murderers. And Donald Trump must, well, I guess he's your Hitler. He must be your dictator then. Something to think about. The association. What better way to get the alleged the alleged left-wing mob behaviour that we've all seen by now a million times you know, on social media platforms, YouTube, on television. You've seen it with your own eyes. The ability for the corporate media to believe that they can manipulate reality to the point where you deny what you see in front of your own eyes and instead associate yourself people who have your opinions and your questions about things like globalisation, mass immigration or maybe you just disagree with the Liberal Democratic Party as it stands today you're no better than an ultra far right, ultra nationalist mass murderer and your ideas no longer have any place in a civil democratic society. Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to support the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper or just hit subscribe on your podcast player. If you want to keep up with new stuff, follow me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Until next time, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.